Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. It's fight week in a big time way. We are going to go big on uh, all the UFC stuff this week. Um, so very excited about all of that. We also have AEW coming up this weekend. So there's a lot going on. Plus it is NHL trade deadline time. So a lot to cover on uh, Couch Potato Diary this week. Took last week off. Um, we did a lot for the Super Bowl and I knew I was going to be doing a lot for this one. And these are the perks when you're your own boss in this instance. Anyway, so um, coming up on the show today, we're going to look at some early UFC storylines. The NHL trade season continues to just be so much fun. Um, and we'll get into a little bit of spring training with the Toronto Blue Jays. And then um, we will close the show with today's ticket. So we have a lot going on. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein. And this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week, we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! We begin with the UFC as the Ultimate Fighting Championship is back. I haven't even seen What number are we on? Is it 285? It's 285. UFC 285 is back from T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Technically Paradise, Nevada. Either way, it is the heavyweight championship to be decided as John Jones and Cyril Gaon fight to see who is the second best heavy, uh, heavyweight in the world, but the first best in the UFC as Francis Ngannou left so John Jones could come in, um, which isn't exactly how it went down, but uh, so John Jones does come in, and it, it's just, it's frustrating, because this fight, sh this should be John Jones against Francis Ngannou, if the, the UFC could get out of their own way, but it's not, and we'll get into that as the week goes on, um, but... Uh, I think looking at a couple of the early storylines, obviously the biggest one around this fight is John Jones is back. And for fight purposes, that is very, very, very exciting. For uh, non-fight purposes, th this is not necessarily, you know, you just look at, like, the, the whole John Jones situation. And you have, like, a guy who, in my opinion, and I've said it before, he is the most talented fighter who has ever stepped foot in the UFC's octagon. He, the, the things that he can do in that cage are different than anyone. And this is a guy who hasn't fought in three years. He was still that far ahead of his time that the, the sport has had time to catch up, and they haven't yet. So I, I, I just think it is, like... This should be something that is celebrated. You have John Jones, potentially the GOAT, going after a second championship. Like, that that's remarkable. And yet, I can't get excited for it. Because of, A, um, the four, or the, the failed drug test situation under his, um, in his Wikipedia page, is four. There's four of them there. Also, he's had so many legal problems uh, under controversies, there's just other legal troubles. This is someone who has had major run-ins with the, the law and has been someone who has been very difficult to get behind. And it's not like, oh, he was smoking a little bit of weed. There is um, assault charges. There's domestic violence charges. There's a lot that is a hit and run. Man, that was seven years ago, eight years ago. Jeez, where does the time go? There's so much surrounding this guy that makes it so difficult to, to get behind him. And yet, by the time he makes that walk to the octagon on Saturday, it's still going to feel like 
a big deal. Because again, it is a big deal. It It's a guy who, if you ignore every red flag available, he is the number one fighter the sport has ever seen. For me, it's difficult to ignore all of those. And it's another t- case where you have Dana White, who we know what he is... Um, Go, has going on, I guess, with the the um, vacation situation he was having where he, I was going to say allegedly, it's not allegedly, there's a video, he slapped his wife on New Year's Eve. So you have Dana White pro- uh, promoting a fight featuring John Jones, who was arrested for domestic violence two years ago, by the way, not even, like a year and a half ago, September of 2021. Um, you have that, and then you have all of this happening while Conor McGregor is getting ready to... Uh, coach on the Ultimate Fighter. Like, there's, there is only so much bullshit you can take around this sport before it really starts to wear on you after a while. And we are seeing that now. Again, there's, there's going to be minimal mentions of anything John Jones has going on over the last little while. It, it is just so, it's so depressing to see what should be a great celebrated talent instead be someone who you just kind of dread seeing on your television week in and week out. And again, this is the guy the UFC is riding with over one of the like most obvious, handed to you on a silver platter PR things you could have in Francis Ngannou, who came from literal nothing to build himself up to being the heavyweight champion of the world. But instead, we're going to roll with John Jones for whatever reason. The other, uh, I think, interesting storyline going into this weekend is getting ready for Valentina Shevchenko to step back into the octagon. Her last bout, a little bit more contested, a little bit more, um, I I guess, evenly matched than we're used to seeing Valentina Shevchenko be with some of her opponents. And so because of that, I think it's very interesting. Like she she goes... um, goes the distance with Talia Santos, and it's a split decision. She eventually does get the the victory in that, but now she is facing Alexa Grasso, who before, I wouldn't have given any type of hope that Alexa Grasso could come in here and uh, knock off the champion. I still, I'm still very certain that Valentina Shevchenko is going to win this fight, but I'm interested to see now, was last fight just a stumble, or... Is Valentina Shevchenko now starting to fall off a little bit? I think that's going to be very interesting to see. So those are a couple of things I have the eye on um, heading into this one. Is just it's so difficult to get excited about John Jones, and even like I, I was planning a few things like the goat conversation. Where does John Jones fit in with all this stuff? And it it just feels icky to do any of that, knowing what this man has been around for the last basically decade. Moving into the NHL, the East is loading up. Um, Last week, while we were on a brief hiatus, you have Orlov and Hathaway go to the Boston Bruins. Last weekend, you have Timo Meyer going to the New Jersey Devils, and in the last hour or so, you have Jake McCabe going to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I love this. The East playoffs are going to be insane. Um, It doesn't feel like there is any one overwhelming favorite right now in the East. And I, I just, I love seeing teams just going for it. You know, um, you have like Boston, who's so far ahead of everyone right now, standings wise, they've only lost twice in regulation at home this season, but you have Toronto who is making a real push. Carolina has been in on a couple of guys and seems like they've fallen just short, interested to see what they do now. Uh, but you have the devils who are pretty locked into a top three spot. They're going for it. Um, the, the Rangers made the move for Tarasenko and they're probably going to get Patrick Kane. Like you look at 
all these teams really loading up. And then you have an East playoff race where uh, Ottawa has kind of fallen out of it the last little bit. But then Washington, Florida, Detroit, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders are all separated by five points. This is going to be a blast to follow. Out West, it kind of feels done. <laughs> you know, like it... Oh, man, I, I didn't realize the discrepancy in all of this. Like, you, you look at... The, the the conference standings right now. The Vegas Golden Knights are the number one team in the Western Conference. They would be seventh in the East right now, just uh, based on points. That is quite the distinction. That's quite the difference. Um, normally, we're, we're used to seeing the, the West being the, the conference that's loaded up. This year, it's the East. And I, I think it makes it... A couple of things I'm looking for as we head toward the trade deadline. One, I, I think Carolina is going to need to make a move. I wonder if Tampa Bay tries to do something else other than just a, an absolute haul of picks that they gave up for um, Tanner Janot, I believe is how it's pronounced. I, I don't have a lot of information on the kid. Don't know a whole lot about him. Tampa Bay is interesting because they are a team that feels like they just need to make a couple of tweaks and then they're going to go out and like, is this guy an absolute home run? No, but he fits the need that we think we need to push us over the top as this is a team that is looking to to build on a, a championship level roster. So I'm interested to see what they do and who in the East playoff race really starts to load up here as they fight for that last uh, those last two wildcard spots. And in the West, is anyone going to try to jump out? I think it's criminal that Edmonton hasn't done more or anything so far. When you look at like Connor McDavid, Almost at 50 goals, and it's not March yet. It's almost March. But he's at 113 points. Um, it, it, you have Dreisaitl, who is right behind him. The fact that they haven't done more to load up and really go for this in a West that feels wide open is criminal. So I'm, I'm interested to see that. And now I think what looks like now... It kind of looks like it's a seller's market because all of the a lot of the big pieces are gone. We're still waiting on Carlson. We're still waiting on Chikrin. But from a forward standpoint, it seems like a lot of them are gone. This seems like the time now for a team like the Calgary Flames, a team like the Vancouver Canucks, to jump in and try to allow these teams looking to make big splashes to make big splashes and really... In Calgary's case, probably a retool. In Vancouver's case, a desperately needed full-on rebuild. I think you need to look at the landscape right now and see that you could offer some of the best players available going into the, the last days of the trade deadline. I This feels like a time where they need to, to start making some big moves and really start to shake things up. I, I'm interested to see how Calgary handles it. Odds are they're not going to do anything. Like the, It feels like the leader in the clubhouse right now for how the Flames are going to handle the trade deadline is nothing. Maybe a couple of little nibble moves uh, on the side, but I think it would make a whole lot of sense to look at basically every piece you have on this roster and see what you could potentially get for it. I don't know if there's a lot of untouchables in Calgary right now. Same thing goes for... Um, same thing goes for the Vancouver Canucks. I don't think they have a lot on their roster right now that you would say, well, you can't, can't be touching that. I think everything needs to be available. And these are two teams that I think could alter how entertaining the trade deadline is. And I think these are a couple of teams that could really sway the competitive balance in the NHL the rest of the way. Lastly, uh, spring training is here. The Toronto Blue Jays are a couple of games deep. We're not going to go too deep into the results, and we're not going to go at all, basically at all into the results. A couple of things that I've liked so far. One thing I really enjoy about what the Jays have done so far this spring, there is a lot of hard contact. And it feels like 
batters always take a little bit more time to catch up. And you're, you're just getting your first looks at um, competitive pitches and stuff like that. Blue Jays are hitting the ball hard this spring. And especially Vlad Guerrero Jr. It feels like he's being forgotten about a little bit. I saw a list of the, the 10 best players in, in Major League Baseball. Vladdy wasn't even a top 10 player after being second in MVP voting a couple of seasons ago. Um, I think that this is... He, he was obviously hampered by injuries last year. I'm assuming he is healthier now, given two home runs that he's hit so far. It looks like he is. I think this is going to be a year where Vlad Guerrero Jr. really starts to put a hurt on the league and reminds people just how bad of a man he really is. But Espinal's hitting the ball really hard. That was nice to see. I'm interested in Addison Barger, uh, and I'm, I'm fairly confident I'm saying that name wrong. I don't think we see him on the big league roster this year, but already with that moonshot of a home run against the Pirates the other day, it feels like he is someone who could be this year's Gabe Gross, where he just has an absolutely ballerific um, spring training and comes out of it and everyone gets very excited about him. I don't I don't know um, how MLB ready he actually is. You look at it last year, um, he made the jump from Vancouver all the way up to Buffalo. Only 36 games with the Bison. Um, oh, we got advanced stats there. My bad. I was looking at like, man, his batting average was 370. Uh, but that was batting average on balls in play, which is a little high. Um, so 355 in 31 or in eight games. Sorry, it was 36 at bats in eight games in AAA after hitting 313 in double A. I think that we are going to see Barger get a full season in triple A, but I'm interested now because he's a third baseman. I don't think they need, I think they'll figure something out with Chapman. There's a lot of talk about him playing in the outfield. And I, I think that's intriguing with, um, a, an outfield featuring Kevin Kiermeyer, who missed a lot of last season due to injury featuring George Springer, who missed a lot of time last year due to injury. I think it'd be interesting if, he is able to get a bit of run if one of these guys gets banged up. Do we see Barger on the big league club this year? He's had four at-bats in spring training. It might be a little early to be having these conversations, but he is someone I think Blue Jays fans need to keep an eye on. And the other bright spot was Kikuchi. The fact that he had such a great start. I'm not going to say, yeah, pencil him in for some Cy Young votes this year, but this is someone who I do believe can still have an impact on this team. Last year was obviously a dreadful season for him. I think there is potential for a bounce back for him this year. And if he does, he and Barrios can turn this from a very good pitching staff to one of the better pitching staffs in baseball. So some, it's just fun to watch the, the Blue Jays in this way. And I'll admit, spring training kind of snuck up on me a little bit. I am... Um, I am curious to see now and, and kind of go over to a bit more of the prep I should have done about a month ago. Um, do a bit of that on what spring training battles might be coming up for the Blue Jays here, but it was nice to have spring training baseball back on the television. All right, brief pause, and then it'll be time for today's ticket. The music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram, at Wasted Talent, with X's where the A's would be, and you can find their producer on Instagram, at Tommy Fresh Music. All right, it is time for today's ticket. Download the BetStamp app, use the referral code COUCH to let them know that uh, we sent you there. So, um, we've talked about the UFC. We're not going to go too much into it. Right now, BetStamp doesn't even have uh, odds up for Valentina Shevchenko against Alexa Grasso. We'll be interested to see what those look like. There is one fight that I am going to, to click on now. It's at Cool Bet. Amanda Hibas at uh, minus 122 against Vivian Araujo. Um... 
Sorry, my cat just kicked the clicked the, the screen away. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Amanda Hibas to win that one at minus 122. We're going to go straight up there. Moving into the NHL. We're on the fights, so we're at Saturday, so I have to click through all of these dates. And we are at Monday. There we are. In the NHL, fun one tonight between Boston and Edmonton. Don't think I'm going to... Lay anything down on that particular matchup. Another fun one with Vegas taking on Colorado. A couple of good games in the NHL this evening. Detroit against Ottawa. Man, really good schedule. Not a lot available there for, um, you know, uh, a whole lot of value in this one. But I am going to look at Colorado against Vegas. Again, I think Colorado is coming on strong. Um, minus 133 as a, a favorite in that. I like that. So we are going to, to take that one for Colorado and looking on the basketball market. There are four games on the slate today. We are going to go with the new Orleans Pelicans minus four against the Orlando magic. And we are going to go with the Philadelphia 76ers minus six against the Miami heat. So a little chalky on the, the ticket today, but we're going to go Philadelphia minus six uh, against the Miami Heat, New Orleans Pelicans minus four against the Orlando Magic, Colorado Avalanche to win straight up against the Vegas Golden Knights at minus 133, and Amanda Hibas to win over Vivian Arujo at minus 122. Four games on today's ticket. That is what we are going to click on. That is today's show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to have um, more UFC coverage as we get ready for the heavyweight championship to finally become uh, defended again as uh, I guess it's not being defended. It's vacant right now. But John Jones takes on Cyril Gunn. We will look at the heavyweight division in the UFC coming up tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, we are going to do power rankings ahead of the NHL trade deadline. And we are going to look at the legacy of Valentina Shevchenko, one of two legacy looks we are doing this week. So thank you all for tuning in. Please share this podcast with your friends. Um, Rate and review and subscribe wherever possible. All of that stuff really does help this show grow. Uh, that's where we are trying to, to do. We got so close to some of our goals. Admittedly have taken a step back, uh, but are now looking to make a, a real big push here. Uh, coming up later on this week, we're going to have a full preview of UFC 285. And also we are going to have coverage of AEW Revolution coming up this weekend. It is, like I said, it's a very busy weekend and hopefully you are along for every step of the ride here on Couch Potato Diary. Talk to y'all later. I'm out.